0: What is going on, FA Nation? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with my buddy Ryan Hallam, and this is another episode of the Family Times Podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. Ryan, what's going on, man? We got ourselves a Super Bowl. It's almost like it's not the Olympics or anything, but it's almost like, could it be the passing of the torch officially? Tom Brady to Mahomes. I like the narrative, brother. How are you? i'm good man Uh, i like the narrative
1: i don't like the game Uh, i don't you know i don't like patrick mahomes i'm just gonna come out and say that i don't care for the chiefs
0: Uh,
1: he's just not my cup of tea at all uh and i'm tired of you know i don't hate tom brady like the vast majority of the country outside of now florida and new england uh but this is his 10th Super Bowl. I mean, it's just a story we've heard and watched over and over and over. Uh, so I'm not really all that thrilled with that either. But it is a Super Bowl, man. We got through the freaking season. That it was good. That it was touch and go there a few times. Uh, but I, I, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the game. I'm gonna enjoy it. I don't really have a rooting interest because both of them kind of come up meh for me.
0: I'm so excited for this game. I think there's going to be a lot of points. I think it's going to be close. But I think ultimately, and Ryan, you're the guy to talk to about this since you do game previews for the NFL on FantasyAlarm.com. I'm thinking that the Chiefs are taking this. Chiefs favor by three points. I'm not making an official prediction, but everything that I'm thinking thus far, all the research, just looking player versus player, I'm taking the Chiefs offense being a little too overpowering and Brady having a little tough time keeping pace with Mahomes. I think before this past game, a lot of people were really down on, Cleveland, uh, down on Kansas City. Not the same offense. They're not that great. They're not overpowering. Then we saw what we saw in the AFC Championship, and I feel like we can have that confidence in them again that their offense will just be too much for Tampa to handle. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I kind of agree. You know, we talked last week with UB and Sells, and I downplayed Patrick Mahomes. I thought the toe injury was a bigger deal than uh, it turned out to be. Uh, I, and just, uh, you can't, it, it's just become impossible to doubt this guy, man. He's just, it doesn't matter the situation. They went down 9 nothing to the Bills, uh, who I thought were a really good team. And between, you know, it seemed like the coaching staff choked a little bit, got, went a little conservative. Uh, and just they just never stop this offense is just it's not only powerful but it strikes quickly as we saw last year in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl and we've seen sometimes this year it's just it's like almost I won't say no lead is insurmountable but man it's it's really tough to to count this team out no matter how far they're down uh and and I do think you're right I, I feel the same way I was talking to my brother this morning uh kind of a changing of the guard like and I do feel if if Brady happens to win this one, and I agree, I, I expect Kansas City to win this one. Uh, this will be one of his his better jobs of late. Uh, the Bucks defense is pretty solid. Uh, the, the The bad thing for them is they're a great run defense, and Kansas City doesn't really care to run the ball right. all that much. So you know they're uh, they're going to throw the ball, and not that their secondary is bad, but it's not strong. So. I just don't see them being able to stop the chiefs enough. I, I do think it'll be a relatively close game, but I think Kansas city is going to not only win, but cover too.
0: Yeah. Oh, they're going to cover what, so what do you think about the points overall seeing in the mid fifties, the total there, 56 and a half. What are you thinking about that so far? And again, yeah, by right. the, the disclaimer is so far, things can right, change. Right. This is, this game is show. not this weekend.
1: <laughs> we'll do another show before this all comes down. Um, yeah, I mean, right now, let's be honest. I mean, the NFL this year was a very, uh, you know, offensive league. I believe I, I saw a stat that more touchdowns were scored this year than any other previous season. Uh, so I think that, uh, you know, most of the time it's safer to bet the over. And, and you know, unless you have – and Tampa Bay is a good defense, but unless you really have those, you know, elite defense defenses, the over is always – I think – I feel like in 2020 has been the better choice. With Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, I really feel like the over is a better choice.
0: Yeah, same here. I'm very into that. It's going to be excellent. It's very interesting. Another angle for the Super Bowl. I find it interesting that at one point, the best running back in the league and the best wide receiver in the league and Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown were actually on the same team as one of the best quarterbacks in the league at the time. They didn't go to a Super Bowl then, but now... Both Bell and Brown on their respective teams are meeting up in the Super Bowl, Howell. Uh, yeah, and one is actually going to be a fa-
1: potentially be a factor, and one is not going to be a factor, in my opinion. I don't think it matters if Le'Veon Bell plays or not. Uh, I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could be the lead back. But obviously, we've seen Darrell Williams in the past couple weeks uh, be a uh, more of a factor, uh, and I feel like Le'Veon Bell is kind of a distant third for the Chiefs at this point. So, all the hubbub that we felt and that I even had, you know, when when they brought him on midseason, I thought he was going to be like a real factor and eat into edwards Hilaire, but he hasn't. Even even the you know early in the playoffs when edwards Hilaire was out, it was Daryl Williams. I, I don't feel like. uh That Le'Veon Bell is even going to be a factor in the Super
0: Bowl. Dude, I'm even thinking about Clyde Edwards-Alaire for next year for fantasy, man. I don't even know where I stand with him. There's certain guys that I could tell you because, come on, man, we're always talking about this stuff. We're completely recapping the season. We're already looking forward to next year for fantasy football and thinking about where we draft some of these guys. You could pinpoint certain players, including certain rookies. Jonathan Taylor, yeah, you're going to go after him, but – When it comes to this guy, it's just one of those things where it's hard for me with Clyde Edwards-Alaire to wonder, A, to figure out when he's going to be taken. I mean, is this guy going to be a certified second-round pick, mid-second-round pick? I mean, if he's going there, I don't know if I'm taking him there, Halem. What do you think about that?
1: I'm completely with you. and Let's let's be honest. Outside of the opening week of the season and the game against uh, the Bills – there wasn't a lot of games where we were watching and it was like, ooh, Clyde was a layer. man, this guy like he was very average uh for most of the season. I know he was a rookie, but still uh, you know, I don't feel like it was. He was very impressive. A lot of time, I feel like if he was that impressive, if he was Jonathan Taylor after week ten, the Chiefs wouldn't have brought in Le'Veon Bell. I, you know, and I'm not saying that they're benching him or they're they're done with him or you know he's going to be a second string guy next year, but you have to figure there was at least somewhat of trepidation or, or unsurety with him for, for the way that they handled not only handled it, you know, the, the bringing Le'Veon Bell, but he, he was, he didn't get a lion's share of carries in most games this season. So I think it's clear that the chiefs are not 100% sold on him, even though that they traded, you know, to get the, they took him at the end of the first round. I, I think, you know, Kansas city has some concerns with him uh, coming into 2021 he clearly has the the pass catching ability to to make him a nice fantasy asset, but I'm with you. If it's second round, I'm out.
0: Yeah, there are certain running backs that I'll be fine with, especially some of these rookies. Was talking earlier with Jim Bowden on the Fantasy Alarm Show about Cam Akers, and he's going to be going in that second round. And yeah, I mean it's Sean I like McVay, him more. but I like him more. It's Sean McVay, but I like him more because I like the player more. That's why. I like the talent. I like what I've seen more than what I've seen from CEH on the field. So that's a situation where I'm uncertain. Let me ask you another angle about this Super Bowl. The whole home field advantage. Ugh. Do you really think it's such an advantage? You
1: know, any of the... Well, first of all, no. And I'll tell you for two reasons. One, because it's 2020... Well, 2021 now in COVID. And it's not going to be a full stadium. And two... The Super Bowl is never, like, it's not like they just sell it on the street to, like, mom and pop, you know, (laughs) Andrews on the side of the road. Like, the vast majority of these seats are going to corporations, or or they're $4,000 a seat. And, you know, this isn't going to Joe Blow Bucks fan, even if it was a regular season. So, this is historic, yes. You
0: got that (laughs) ticket to that Super Bowl yet, (laughs) Red? You got your ticket, Ryan. I'm going to that Super Bowl. I'm Able to get free tickets in the newspaper. (laughs) Ryan, you go to you go into the bowl that is super. I
1: got that on the eBay.
0: On the eBay. Wow. What about the Amazon? You don't get that deals there. Craigslist. (laughs) Oh man. Imagine responding to a Craigslist ad. Hey, come to the Super Bowl with me. It's gonna be fun. (laughs) Wink emoji. Would you go? It's Section sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so I, I don't think Section you know, sixty
0: nine, Row two.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so while this is the first time in fifty five years that this has happened, I don't think it's it's the the quite the same story as you know just the NFC Championship game where. Yeah, uh, it, it's you know, the, you know, the chance where the vast majority of the crowd is going to be rooting for one team. I'm sure the season ticket holders of the Bucks will get a crack at it, uh, but I think it's already going to be limited capacity. Now I'm not 100% sure. I think it's like 22 five they're letting in, and 7500 are uh, like uh, first right. responders or or, or you know, healthcare workers. Um, so that already is like a third of the crowd. And you know, of course, you probably root for the home team because that's what you do when you know when you're there. Uh, but I don't see it being like a fierce Bucks home crowd, uh, as if it was last year. Uh, you know, whether the Chiefs or the Niners were des- necessarily playing at home, I think it might have been more of a home field advantage. So I think this year is a little bit different. Yeah, there'll be a little, a little bit of a, an edge, but I don't see it being historic.
0: I wanted to ask you, by the way, the play calling a lot of what was talked about regarding the championship games from this past weekend went to and went not to kick field goals and there was definitely criticism in both ways one was you shouldn't have kicked the field goal when it came to Matt LaFleur for obvious reasons but then it was in the AFC championship for the bills why are you kicking field goals against which is it i mean i guess it's situational field goals now which is it do you want to put the points on the board early or do you want to just have the balls to go for i almost feel like you can't have it both ways because it's almost like you're splitting hairs and that's what i noticed on social media throughout the day
1: you know i think in this case you kind of can have it both ways because i think both coaches were really wrong like how first Let's go back to let's go to Green Bay first. Let's go back to third down. And why the hell Aaron Rodgers didn't run the ball right. whether either, even if he didn't make the end zone, you're down to the two or the one, and that changes your play calling altogether. Like how many more times was he gonna force it to Devontae Adams when Alan Lazard or someone else was open? Like he just had tunnel vision only for Devontae Adams down there. Like in the red zone the entire game, for as much as I watched, it was like Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams, Devontae. and granted, he's awesome. There's, there's no doubt about it. He's the best receiver they have. We talked about this last week. Who else are they going to throw to? But when he's got two guys on him, and Alan Lazard is crossing the field by himself, Aaron Rodgers, as one of the better quarterbacks of this generation, you've got, you've got to make better reads than that. And when you have seven yards of empty field in front of you, and he's, he's not... Josh Allen, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he's not immobile by any stretch. You gotta run that ball and see what happens. And, and you know, then you get it down to the one, and then maybe you're handing it to Aaron Jones, who is a touchdown hawk, or, or Jamal Williams, who who had actually a pretty decent game. I, I think third down changed it as much as fourth down, but for Matt LaFleur to not go for it on fourth down from the eight, here's let's 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 look at it this way. First You've got Aaron Rodgers and a really good offense, and a guy who's thrown forty-eight touchdowns. Uh, I don't know how many of which were inside the ten, but a lot of them. And granted, I just badmouthed him for for completely <laughs> focusing on Devonte Adams, but you have the best receiver of football there also. Second, you're going to kick a field goal and then give the ball back to Tom Brady, who's been in the Super Bowl forty-seven percent of the seasons he's been in the league and has come through in the playoffs more often than not, when he basically needs one, possibly two first downs, when your defense, let's face it, isn't that good, is the most moronic decision that I could think of that I saw. Say you don't get it from the eight. All right, then you've got Tampa Bay backed up into your territory, that if you can make the stop, they're punting it, and you're sitting back at the fifty. With maybe three or four plays, and you're right back at that eight-yard line again. So, how, where he came up with this decision, I will never figure out. Um, obviously, things are fast and furious and in the moment, and things are different uh, than us sitting here playing Monday morning quarterback here on Tuesday night. Hmm. But, uh, just, I, I just, I, I think, I mean, look at Twitter. Everyone in the world said it was a stupid decision as it happened. Uh, I I and he's, he's a fine head coach. He's, he's better he did, than and Mike And he McCarthy. defended it. He
0: defended yeah, it. Yeah, I
1: don't know. Yeah. I guess, I guess you kind of have uh, to
0: defend it. You, you made the decision. Yeah, you at this point. yeah, I think you do. You, you look What's pretty he, stupid if you do. I mean, look. Let's just say I'm a moron. <laughs> you know, I mean, it does make you look somewhat honorable long-term when you admit your mistake. But if you, you know, you're, you're sticking with it, and that's what his story is that he's sticking to it. He didn't have enough time. That's the problem. He ran out of time, and he overthought it. Now the other game. I understand that when you're facing a deficit against Kansas City, and let's all remember that Buffalo was up early in this game. And when it comes down to them kicking field goals, I understand it with you know some with who's getting the ball in the second half. I understand, but I'm all about putting the points on the board in the first half. It's the second half when you're down by two scores. That's when you start growing those balls that's when you start going for it i just think the first half for the most part should be just accumulate as many points as possible however you can get them yeah i agree it's just
1: tough against that team like like i said earlier it's just you know they're going to score and you know kansas city can score bunches so i mean what's the cliche you can't trade field goals for touchdowns and and that i think is really what it came down to in this game uh you know the Bills are a strong offense. I really enjoyed watching them all season long. I thought they were going to win the game, but you can't keep kicking field goals against the Chiefs. That you're never going to win that way. Right. Uh, and I also heard. You know, I listen to. I don't. I'm not in the car very much. Working from home anymore. So the little bit I'm in the car, I listen to New York Sports Radio, and uh, they have a uh, Maggie Gray who used to be with uh, Sports Illustrated is with the New York station now, and Moose she's a Bills and fan. Yeah, yeah. So I was listening to that today a little bit when I was in the car, and and she put out that how efficient that the bills were at third and fourth down during the regular season. Uh, I think it was like forty seven percent. It was something. It was really impressive number of what they were. And then to just get away from that and just to just you know stop what you and be different than what you were all season long. You in the playoffs, just it didn't make any sense. And and I get trying to be conservative, and I get you need points. In the playoffs, you don't want to, you know, make the wrong decision in the AMC Championship game. But at the same time, to, to just kind of cut yourself off and and be a little too, too, uh, you know, conservative is is also a fault. So I I fault the Bills a little less than I fault the Packers. Uh, I understand trying to get points, you know, if you're the Bills. But but I think both guys uh, did not do their team a service trying to. Uh, You know, trying to do what they did on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I asked uh, people on social media whether or not, you know, when's the right time to kick a field goal? Give me a situation and tell me when the right time to kick the field goal is. I mean, that's really what everybody was talking about, field goals. And that's what it came down to. And just seeing it from both angles made it interesting. Besides that, what's going on with the Super Bowl, I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Do you think Aaron Rodgers, it seems like, because he did go on as he always does on SiriusXM every week, he goes on with Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee Show.
1: I did see that today. And he
0: he made it seem like that he's no no reason why he would be anywhere else at this point. It's so weird, bro, because based off what happened in the NFL draft, we had all had such different perspectives on the direction this team was going before the season started. And now look at where they're at. Because now they've got A.J. Dillon winging in the wings, so you show if you give him some carries, give him a little volume, he could be effective, Aaron Jones in the contract year. And then, more importantly than that, you don't give your veteran quarterback for years and years, you don't get him any wide receiver help. And instead, you draft a quarterback, and now it almost is like, what's going to happen with this guy? I don't see him being on another team besides the Packers, do you?
1: No, I agree. And I, someone came out today. It was the GM and I apologize for not having this off the top of my head. Which is like, there's no way Aaron Rodgers is going to be on another team, uh, you know. And I'm sure he's pissed off. And of course, every, you know, let's be honest. You get to the NFC Championship game, you're emotionally involved, you're emotionally spent. Uh, you know, it's tough to lose there. And you know, they all going into this game, they went on and on about how many championship games I think Rodgers has lost four. Uh, so it's a tough moment to, to be that close to the Super Bowl and to lose again, especially given the season he had, especially given the se- the season the team had. To, to come up short It has to be just crushing. Uh, so, you know, I, I think a lot of guys at the end of the season say things they don't mean necessarily or, or say things out of emotion. Uh, I don't see the Packers ready to hand it over to Jordan Love yet. Uh, I read reports
0: that they're. I read reports that they don't even think he's ready at all.
1: I mean, they didn't even give him a sniff this year, outside of a few running plays. So yeah, I mean, it, I definitely see that. We'll we'll see. Uh, you know, obviously, even oh, I hate to bring up the name, but Taysom Hill. I mean, the Saints at least gave him you know some some work. They didn't really work Jordan Love in at all, besides some gadget plays. So I, I don't think the the Packers plan at all is to switch quarterbacks. This year, uh, I fully expect Rodgers to be back. I won't be surprised, honestly, given last offseason and how nothing they did for their guy. If after this season that they try to get Rodgers some help, uh, wide receiver, maybe a little more on the offensive line, uh, you know, I, I feel like they might take better care of him this year seeing what a quote unquote good soldier he was this year uh you know their big acquisition was devin Funches and he and he opted out yeah he's made them look stupid yeah, that I feel like maybe they will do some more for him. And they don't have to do much, let's be honest, Vince. They, they have Devontae Adams. What do they need, one more receiver? Just and one then more. That's awesome it. Receiver. Yeah, so I don't really feel like they need to do a lot. Why running back? Like you said, we'll see what happens with Aaron Jones, but, I mean, they're not in bad shape. They just got to get a, They just
0: got to get him Allen Robinson, and they'll be all set.
1: That is, you know how awesome that that would be? All. They they would turn into one of the best offenses in football. So I don't think they really need to do a lot, but I feel like they need to do something this year that they didn't do last year. And then I think everything all will be right in, in Green Bay.
0: Yeah, well, all is not right in Detroit right now because they are ending their relationship with Matthew Stafford, which shocks me. It must just suck playing there. It, it really must because I, that really shocked me. Matthew Stafford's not done. Why not keep Matthew Stafford at this point? You'd bring someone else, and I understand you want to move on. I, I don't understand why you want to move on from him. This guy's a fighter; he'll play with half his body broken and be yeah. somewhat effective too. I just don't understand why. I mean, you're not going to Detroit. You're not going to lure a star quarterback. I just don't understand that, Helm. I don't understand the logic why they don't just ride it out until he's done.
1: I mean, I'm guessing that because they're going to try to move the salary and then draft a young guy and see what happens from there. Like, cause they're not going to probably win in Matthew Stafford's good times. Like I think he's 32. So maybe he's got, you know, not everybody's Tom Brady who plays till they're 43, especially given his injury history. He probably doesn't have that many years left. Like, and they're, they're talking about this robust market that there might be for Matthew Stafford. Uh, I mean, the guy's beat up all the time. Maybe that's the line in Detroit. Maybe if he goes to Indianapolis and plays behind that force field offensive line, maybe things will be different for him. Uh, but, I mean, he's been a nice quarterback, but he's not he hasn't been elite or game-changing. Right. Uh, yeah, so I think that the the Lions are seeing they want to get out from under his contract, uh, start over. You know, they had DeAndre Swift, it was, was a very nice find this year. So I, I think, you know, especially with the new coaching staff, that there's going to be a lot of changes there. Uh, so i think you know why not let him go and try to find a, a place where maybe he can win and, and let them start over at the same time i was kind of a little bit surprised myself at the time but i can't say i'm shocked like it was it's just hasn't been a, it's almost like the, it's a redo for barry sanders like oh we ruined his entire career
0: let's not ruin <laughs> stafford's entire career we'll have to wait and see we'll see what the Updates happen with the quarterback carousel going on in the NFL. Ryan, let's end the Family Times podcast like we always do by bringing something to the family table. And I'll bring something first, and that's just a shout-out in memorial of Kobe Bryant. It was a year ago today that he and his daughter Gianna tragically passed away in a helicopter crash. And just remembering what Kobe Bryant was, and I was saying this to others before, my favorite part about Kobe Bryant why he became one of my favorite cards to collect as an avid basketball card collector, it's because he made the cards look cool. You saw the ferociousness on his face, the big air that he got. He made basketball look fun, and that fueled— I was already into the NBA, even back when he first came in when I was about 8 or 9 years old, but then he fueled that interest because he made the game look fun when you watched him, when you saw the cards, and that, to me, made me— who I am today as a sports fan and to Kobe Bryant, I salute him and thinking about him and how, what are you bringing to the table?
1: I mean, I'm going to, I'd like to piggyback what you just said in a couple of ways. One, um, uh, you know, I was in Las Vegas a year ago today um, and I was set up for a helicopter ride over the strip. And that was the day that Kobe died in a helicopter crash. And I am already kind of scared of heights. So to have someone perish in a helicopter accident the day that I was supposed to go on a helicopter ride made it even that much more scary for me. Uh, I, I ended up doing it and it was incredible. And it was uh, one of the cooler experiences of my life. But, yeah, I mean, he's he was – I don't – the word that's coming to my mind is assassin because he just had that killer instinct – and I think it's I think it's fitting that we just both talk about him on this day. Uh, you know, there there haven't been too many guys in the NBA that that had the drive and the desire and, and just the the instinct that Kobe had. And I think it's important that we celebrate not only him and his daughter and and everyone who perished in that, but uh, you know the fact that he was going and, and taking care of his child and, and going with you know with her to what. He, it's just to celebrate him as the man and the father as much as the basketball player uh, that I think it's important to, to you know... Sometimes we, we talk about celebrities or athletes uh, as they did on the court, but, you know, they are also people. And uh, I don't want to say it's fitting that he, he passed away with one of his ch- children, but I do think that there's a little bit of, of poeticness to that as well, that, uh, you know... He he died being a man and a dad and not necessarily a basketball player and uh, I, I think it's it's great that he will be remembered for for a lot of things that he did in the court but also that that was not all he was you know there was a lot to it and I know he he dove into to being a dad when his his career was over and he probably had more time he could have played but uh, he he made the decision to to walk away when he did and there's there's just a lot to him and. It's uh, it's a rough thing to, to lose someone at that young age, but uh, he will certainly never be forgotten.
0: Yeah, and I watched that last game against the Jazz. His conclusion when he mounted that comeback, it was just such a great game, and it just showed, it just made you excited about the sport. And just like you, Ryan, you make you make me excited about talking sports, and that's why I really enjoy hosting family times with you. He's Ryan Hallam at Fighting Chance on Twitter. I'm at Fensty Sports, Justin Fenstering. You catch us next week, but for now, always dominate. No other option. We just win.